0: If you missed yesterday, so I was talking about Charlene Richard, Mm -hmm. who is being talked about and being canonized as a saint recognized by the Catholic Church. Charlene Richard was a girl who died when she was 12 years old in Lafayette, Louisiana in 1959. And, again, the New York Times has told her story here, um, and it's the miraculous life and afterlife of Charlene Richard. Uh, Maggie can grab the – can you see the preview of it? You have her picture, don't you? That you put in the chat room to show people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the New York Times says she died in 1959 at age 12, but for Catholics in her Louisiana community, that was just the beginning of her incredible story and a decades-long fight to make her a saint. Well, it's really a decades-long fight to have her recognized as a canonized saint. There, there, there is a difference. Um, we'll talk about that on another day. I want to pick up as part of the story about the black lady that appeared to Charlene. Because I talk about the demons are ascendant, they've come for the children, and they won't take no for an answer. I'm going to read you the Charlene's harrowing encounter with I what I believe is a demon, and I think that her mother uh, and her surviving siblings also believe that that's what she saw. This is scary stuff here. But it also serves to remind us that she did not cooperate with the evil. I believe that the demon was sent to scare her and get her to apostasize through some other temptation. And it didn't work because the demon that was assigned to her, like the guardian angel that was assigned to her, saw that this charismatic child Was act- acting all Saint E.E. and stuff And the story is written uh, for the uh, New Teetland Times By Nathaniel Rich And he does a pretty good job of writing the story By seven years old Charlene had memorized the rosary She recited it nightly before an altar She assembled on her bedside table of a crucifix an old Bible, and a rose that she picked each morning. After a teacher lent her a picture book, people like him pictures, of St. Therese de the Sioux, the little flower who died of tuberculosis at age 24, Charlene declared that she wanted to be a saint. She asked her mother, her grandmother, if I pray like St. Therese, will it happen, Grandma? In early 1959, when her grandmother recovered from gallbladder surgery, Charlene massaged ointment into the incision wounds. It was during the spring of that year that, while playing in the backyard, Charlene saw the lady in black. The woman, or at least a figure, as Charlene described it, quote, shaped like a woman, close quote, stood before an oak tree. Now, remember, where did Our Lady stand in front of blessed, and she is blessed now, I believe, Annalise Michelle? Do you remember? In front of an oak tree. Where did Our Lady appear to the Fatima children in Portugal? In front of an oak tree, in front of a home oak. So it only makes sense. That a demon trying to ape the Blessed, the BVM, as I call her, the Blessed Virgin Mary, would also appear in front of an oak tree. And any child, uh, uh, where, uh, uh, and when she, one of the appearances of Our Lady, and Our Lady of Lourdes, in Lourdes to St. Bernadette Subiru, was also, I believe, in front of an oak tree. So, little Charlene probably would have known some of this history. The woman was tall and wore a black bonnet that covered her face. Mm -hmm. Though her eyes were hidden, her stare burned. In the name of God, Charlene screamed. What do you want? The woman flew into the sky. Charlene sprinted back to the house and fell, shaking violently into her grandmother's arms. Charlene had another vision the next evening. She was emptying laundry tubs in the backyard with John Dale. That's her brother. I see her again, she said, turning pale. John Dale couldn't see anything, but he believed his sister. Many holy people had been visited by Satan in different forms, he said. 60 years later. Was it that? I have no idea. Around this time, Charlene began to bruise easily and complain of a sore hip. The family doctor suspected growth pains. He prescribed radiation therapy. It didn't help. Charlene bled from her rectum and suffered nosebleeds so severe that she passed out. After receiving the results of blood tests, the doctor handed Mrs. Richard a sealed envelope addressed to a specialist at Lafayette's Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital. The doctor assured her, he's going to explain what needs to be done. John Dale remembers driving in his grandfather's pickup truck on dirt roads to the city, Charlene on her mother's lap. When the specialist finished reading the letter, he called for a chaplain. The priest on duty that day was a young Joseph Brennan, who had been ordained three months earlier. Once Brennan entered, the specialist explained that Charlene's condition was terminal. It was pure chance that I was the priest in the room when the news was told to Charlene's parents, Brennan writes in his book. The shock was as expected when her parents were told, your 12-year-old girl has two weeks to live. The Richards asked Father Brennan to tell their daughter. I was numb, he writes. We never had training like this in the seminary. What was I going to say? As the elevator reached the fourth floor, I still had no answer, even though I was praying very fervently. And then we talked about this part of the story yesterday, about how Father Brennan goes every day and visits with Charlene. Let's pick up after that. It was not easy in 1959 to make a saint. A cause for canonization, as the formal candidacy is called, could not even be opened until 50 years after a candidate's death. The growth of Charlene's... By by the way, that rule was given an exception on at least two occasions that I know of. Do you know what they were, Iaconus. I bet you do. St. Jauras and St. Xavier Francis Cabrini. Were the two ex- That I know of in the, in, in the 20th century, the, the two exceptions are St. Therese and St. Xavier Francis Cabrini. The growth of Charlene's cult coincided, however, with the movement within the Vatican to reform the sainthood process. An apostolic constitution issued by Pope John Paul II in 1983 shortened the posthumous waiting period to five years. Now, again, now again St. Teresa was already canonized by then, back in 1923, I want to say, by Pius XI. The, uh, the old juridical model in which a proponent debated a devil's advocate on the merits of a cause was abandoned for a process that more closely resembles the preparation of a doctoral dissertation. The making of a saint typically begins in the candidate's diocese. Supporters begin a promotional campaign for an audience of one their local bishop they must persuade the bishop that a candidate is not merely virtuous but heroically so and then there's more about how this all uh, all this happens <clears throat> for all the reams of evidence in historical research and liturgical debate the saint making process comes down to the authentication of miracles it's all about the miracles it always comes back to miracles, which is why, to this day, for those of you that are Louisianans that are listening, uh, Rusty and Don and uh, Vince and, and all of you that are uh, Louisianans, <clears throat> Anthony B, Nola, this is why Father Zelos remains blessed Father Xavier Zelos, because his second miracle has been contested. I mean, everyone that lives in New Orleans calls him St. Zelos. I mean, we all pray to Father Zelos uh, because he is a miracle worker. <clears throat> Back to the uh, New York Times story about Charlene Richard. Over the years, Broussard had heard rumors of miracles credited to Charlene. Though Father Brennan did not, for decades, speak publicly about his encounters with Charlene, he did confine in a fellow novitiate, Floyd Calais. Father Calais dreamed of one day becoming a parish priest. Two two weeks after praying to Charlene, he received an appointment from the bishop to serve as a priest at Charlene's own church, St. Edward. Calais, who is now 96 years old, still gets goosebumps telling the story. Isn't this the kind of Christmassy story that we need to hear today, folks? <clears throat> Seriously. Calais began traveling around to telling Charlene's story to solicit donations for a new church. After he raised the full amount in just two years, he began calling Charlene my little money girl. During his term at St. Edward, Calais claims he witnessed Charlene perform countless miracles, including for members of her family. Mary Alice, her mother, prayed to Charlene, asking for another daughter. She became pregnant with twin girls. A former schoolmate of Charlene's named Loretta introduced Calais to a man she wanted to marry. Calais didn't approve and prayed to Charlene. Two weeks later the wedding was off. Six months later, Larita was married to John Dale. Now who is John Dale? Remember? That's Charlene's brother. <laughs> uh, Father Calais has this wonderful Maggie, you can't see this, so I'll uh, uh I'll copy it because you can't see the New York Times story, right? You have to have a s- subscription. Okay, um, he has a little reliquary. I'm going to put it in the chat room <clears throat> in his hand. This is a little reliquary that he made with Ossiba uh, Charlie, Richard. That's a that's a that's a relic. She's not canonized yet, so he can carry that around personally. He's free to do so. He just can't proclaim that she's a saint. But locally in the diocese of Lafayette. Bishop Dischatel, who I imagine has taken up the cause, um, can authorize devotion to Charlene Richard, and maybe he has. Those of you that live in Bishop Dishitel's, uh diocese, maybe you have some knowledge of this. Thanks to uh, Father Calais' speaking tours, Charlene's legend began to grow. In 1989, when Father Brendan and Calais organized a mass at St. Edward on the 30th anniversary of her death, an estimated fourth thousand people came